segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. Um, today, I'm going to be your host, uh, Nathan, and we're here with Mete. Hey, all. So, so today, we're going to go over uh, Sunday and Monday's games. We'll take a look at some pickups for you guys. We'll preview Tuesday's games. And uh, how does that sound? Yeah, sounds great. All right. So, we'll start with Sunday's games, and uh, we'll start off with um, the Nets versus the Celtics. Um, very interesting game. Um, the Celtics were able to come out on top, 126 to 120. Um, I think the leading scorer for the Celtics was Jason Tatum. The leading scorer for the Nets was Kevin Durant. Uh, Robert Williams led the Celtics for rebounds, and Andre Drummond led the Nets uh, for rebounds. And uh, Marcus Smart was able to uh, lead with nine assists, while Kevin Durant was able to lead with eight. Um, what are your thoughts on the Celtics? Yeah, uh, the Celtics have been really impressive lately. I said this last episode, but like for most part of the season, they were like around 500. And like last month or so, they've been on a on a great tear so yeah they're up to the fifth seed in the eastern conference and they definitely have potential to go far in the playoffs this season yeah for sure i guess i was just taking a look a little bit at the nets and it looks like um they decided to trade for ben simmons ben simmons is still sitting out so um they're relying more on kevin durant and kyrie irving I mean, they should have a pretty balanced team. They have a lot of talent, but it just looks like um, things just aren't really working out for the Nets still. And I guess, um, I guess, what are your thoughts on the Nets going forward? Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of taking them a while to get back on their foot, but this is only Kevin Durant's first game back. And Kyrie Irving, he, like, misses games here and there because of the the vaccine policy in New York. So I don't think that helps them as well. And, yeah, uh, they should get Ben Simmons back soon. Uh, like, if they get, like, 10, 15 games under their belt with their new big three, I think the Nets are completely fine. I feel like they can make a lot of noise in the playoffs. And uh, moving on to the next game, we have um, the Milwaukee Bucks defending their home against the Phoenix Suns, and they were able to win 132 to the Suns 122. Um, really impressive job by the Bucks. Um, Chris Middleton actually led for the Bucks this time with 44 points. Um, DeAndre Ayton led the Suns with 30. Giannis uh, led the Bucks for rebounds with 13, and DeAndre Ayton led for rebounds for the Suns with eight. Uh, Drew Holiday led the Bucks with nine assists, while Cameron Payne led the Suns with eight. Um, I believe uh, no uh, Chris Paul for the Suns. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on the Suns so far? 
Yeah, they're definitely looking much worse without Chris Paul, like you said. Uh, that's a huge loss for them as before they got him last season, they missed the playoffs for quite some time. So, yeah, he's definitely a big part of that team. And wherever he ended up at, Chris Paul, he's just made them a better team. So, yeah, like... He might not be what he was before, but he's still one of the best leaders in the NBA. Definitely one of the best playmakers in the NBA still. And yeah, I just feel like they're missing that playmaking and leadership. I feel like in every um, generation for the NBA, there's always like a few players that um, if they were able to um, win championships, then they'd be counted kind of like all-time greats in their position but um they were just never able to win for whatever reason so um, in terms of talent talent they have the talent but they just couldn't win so i feel like chris paul may end up being kind of one of those point guards that they could have been an all-time point guard if things were in their favor but i guess um it just didn't work out for chris paul so far but i guess um hopefully it does soon So I guess for the Bucks, um, they've been looking um, really consistent right now. They're about number three um, in the East. They have a ton of talent on their team. Um, they, I think they added Serge Ibaka, and they already have Bobby Portis. So they have a ton of depth on their team. So I guess what are your thoughts on the Bucks going forward? Yeah, they're another team that's looking better lately. And... They're up to the third seed now in the Eastern Conference, which is great. But yeah, by our next episode, they could be down to like fifth as the Eastern Conference is just really tight right now. But yeah, they're like, as of this moment, they're playing great. This is still a pretty good win, even though the Suns were without Chris Paul and and Devin Booker. But yeah, uh. The Bucks, we saw what they could do last year. They've got pretty much the same squad with a few new additions. And, yeah, they're still one of the teams to beat, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I think that the Bucks, they're still potentially a team that can um, get to the finals. But I guess um, the East is a lot more uh, deep now, so I guess we'll just have to see what happens. And I guess uh, moving on to the next game, we have the Washington Wizards um, defending their home against the Indiana Pacers. And they won 133 to 123. Um, Malcolm Brogdon led the Pacers with 27 points. Uh, Kristaps Porzingis was able to um, play for the Wizards and he got 25. Um, Denny Abdiel led the rebounds for the Wizards with seven, while Buddy Field led rebounds. For the Pacers with eight, um, Tyrese Halliburton um, led the Pacers with 11 assists, while Ish Smith um, led assists for the Wizards with nine. Um, what are your thoughts on the Wizards so far? Uh, they've been okay, I'd say, lately. Uh, but yeah, this is Przingis' debut, so that was great to see. And he played a big role in that game as he led them in points. So, yeah, I think the Wizards, I feel like they made the right move at the trade deadline. Like, 
uh, trading Spencer Dinwiddie. And yeah, they got a great return for him as I wasn't expecting them to get like a Przingis caliber player for Dinwiddie, but yeah, kudos to their GM for sure for that move. Yeah, for sure. I think that um, that gives kind of a lot of uh, depth for the Wizards, especially um, when Bradley Beal comes back. I think the Wizards could make another playoff playoff push maybe next year. I think this year it's going to be a little bit too late, but I think um, by next year there should be more than enough enough depth for the Wizards to uh, make some noise, hopefully. And I guess for the Pacers... Um, unfortunately, um, they, they lost, it looks like, for this year. They're probably not going to make the playoffs, so they're probably looking to um, future years. But I guess just what are your thoughts on the Pacers so far? Yeah, I was a big fan of the Pacers' moves at the deadline as well. And I feel like like they definitely lost a star player in Sabonis, but they got someone back in Tyrese Halliburton that, could be a star like that and then buddy healed one of the best three-point shooters in the league and they also got jalen smith from the suns which was a really good pickup i think he's playing great for them now that he's given consistent minutes and yeah i feel like right now they might have just like lost a bit of star power because of how good sabonis is but for the future like i think they've got way more depth so in a sense, like, I think they're better off. I guess it's kind of hard for, like, small market teams because, like, the Pacers, they've always been one of those teams that they have, like, maybe one or two stars at the most, but they try to make up for it, make up for it with as much um, depth as possible. So I guess um, with the move, this is kind of um, a, bit more, a bit more of that. They have a lot of depth now with um, Tyrese Halliburton, Malcolm Brockton, uh, Buddy Heels. They have uh, Miles Turner. So I guess most likely they're probably going to be trying to make some moves in the offseason to get even more depth. I guess hopefully with their position, they should have a good draft position. So they might, might be able to get some uh, rookies as well. But I guess just what are your thoughts on what they do on the offseason? Yeah, definitely. Uh, actually, I can see them going both ways. I think they've got like a lot of young talent on their team where they don't necessarily have to like rush a playoff push, but at the same time, I can see them going for a push as well since, like I said, I like their depth. So, yeah, I think with like a few more of the right pieces, they can definitely – uh, be like a sixth seed in the East next year if they play their cards right. But yeah, since they're young, I could like definitely see them like uh, have a development year, but we'll see how they do, uh, what they end up doing. Sure. And I guess moving on to the next game, we have an upset by the Houston Rockets. Um, they were able to defend their home against the Memphis Grizzlies. 123 to 112, which is um, really impressive. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, led the Rockets with 29 points. Uh, Desmond Bain led the Grizzlies with 28 points. 
and for rebounds, Christian Wood um, led the Rockets with 13, with, while Steven Adams uh, led the Grizzlies with 12 and four assists. Kevin Porter Jr. led the Rockets with five, while John Morant got six. And um, what are your thoughts on the Rockets so far? Yeah, <laughs> I don't have like the greatest thoughts about them. I mean, their record speaks for themselves, but this is kind of expected for them at this point. Like, there was pretty much no expectations going into this year for the Rockets. So, yeah, it sucks. But, uh, yeah, sometimes, or not sometimes, there always has to be a team that's the worst in their conference. And this year, it's the Rockets. Yeah, I guess it's just kind of unfortunate um, for the Rockets. I think they did have a few injuries. They tried like bringing John Wall, but I think John Wall got injured, so it didn't really work out. And they're pretty much just rebuilding for the most part, but it looks like um, Christian Wood, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., Dylan Green had a good game a good game this game. They have a few uh, a few like pretty good role players like uh, Aaron Eric Gordon. They have I guess a player who's has who brings some good depth in Alperin Sangoon. Um, Garrison Matthews has been pretty decent. So it looks like they do have some stuff, but I guess what are your thoughts on them going forward for next year? Yeah uh, uh, thinking back of what I said was kind of negative, but, like, they definitely have young talent, so it's not the end of the world for them to be last right now. And, yeah, next year, I definitely expect them to be much better. And, yeah, since they're younger players, they, they'll have a year to grow and they'll get even better. And next year, John Wall's uh, contract is on its last year, so... I think at the trade deadline, they could definitely, maybe even before that, they can definitely get something for him. I'm sure that's someone they want to trade and get something for. For sure. And I guess um, looking at the Grizzlies, uh, it looks like um, Stephen Adams had a really good game. Uh, Desmond Bain had a really good game, and so did John Morant. But I guess my concern for this team, if they make the playoffs, they do have um, – really top-end talent in uh, John Morant, but it looks like I feel like they don't have enough depth, so I guess what are your thoughts on the Grizzlies going forward? Yeah, I think I think they're pretty good, actually. Uh, I would be disappointed if they didn't at least win one playoff series this season, as they're showing great improvements this season. Like, nobody expected them to be 44 and 22 and uh, third seed in the West. So, they're definitely outperforming uh, expectations. And, yeah, I think uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., he's definitely their second best player. He had a rough game here, but I think they've got guys like Desmond Bain. They still don't have Dylan Brooks back. When he comes back, that's another – uh, reliable scorer. I think they actually do have depth. Uh, it's just they're kind of inexperienced, I guess. Last season, they only got the five games, I think, against the Jazz. So, yeah. Sounds good. 
So I guess uh, moving on to the next game, we have another Western Conference game. Um, the Utah Jazz were able to beat OKC at um, OKC's home, um, 116 to 103. Um, Bojan Bogdanovic was able to lead uh, points for the Jazz with 35, while Shai Gilgis Alexander got 33 for OKC. Uh, Rudy Gobert was able to lead with 17 rebounds, while Alexei uh, Pokusevsky led OKC with 11. And Donovan Mitchell was able to lead assists for the Jazz with 10, while Shai Gilgis Alexander was able to lead with 8 for OKC. And I guess starting with the Jazz, um, what are your thoughts on the Jazz so far? Yeah. Uh... They've been pretty good as well. I believe they were the first seed last year. So if you're looking at it in that perspective, they have kind of regressed. But honestly, I don't think seeding is that important unless you're like uh, eighth or seventh. But yeah, outside of that, I think as long as you make the playoffs, uh, yeah, you could do a lot of things. And this Jazz team is definitely one of those. Uh, they've been making pretty decent runs the last couple of years. And yeah, I think they've gotten enough experience now that they should definitely be one of those teams that are making late playoff push. Or uh, they're in the playoffs like late into the season, like uh, second or third round. If they don't get past that, like it's kind of a disappointment for them. So yeah, uh, they're they've kind of regressed record-wise, but I wouldn't be too worried about that. All right, and I guess uh, look taking a, a look at OKC, um, it looks like they didn't have um, all their players. I think uh, Josh Giddy wasn't playing, so they they weren't fully healthy. But it looks like. A lot of their players um, stepped up, especially Shai Gilgis Alexander. So, I guess, what are your thoughts on OKC going forward? Yeah, uh, they're a pretty interesting team. Like, I've never seen a team with this many youngsters. They've only got a couple of real veterans on that team, like Derek Favors. And Kenrich Williams, he's like 27 years old, but he's considered like one of their veterans, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting uh, strategy that Sam Presti went for. He's got a ton of young talent. So, yeah, I definitely uh, like how he did that. Like, like I said, you don't see teams like this that are this young. So, yeah, good on him for trying something new. And I think definitely in, like, two, three years, they're going to be really good since – They've got so much young talent that some, if not most of these guys, are definitely going to turn out to be uh, really good players. I feel like um, OKC, if since they're going young, they're probably thinking, um, how do we develop as much, uh, get as much talent as we can, and how do we develop them um, into stars? I guess that way they don't have to try to look at the free agents as much agency as much since um it's harder for small smaller markets to land some big name free agents so i guess that's probably their thinking going into the off season so i guess um 
What are your thoughts on their offseason moves? Yeah, I don't think they'll do much outside of the draft. They might go for like a couple of veterans in free agency because, like I said, they don't have that many. And I do get what they're trying to go for. They're trying to get as much young talent as possible. But at the end of the day, it's nice to have veterans who can, who can like teach the game to the young players. So, yeah, I think like if they got a couple of respected veterans, uh, that could really do good for them for next season. For sure. And I guess uh, moving on uh, to an Eastern Conference game. Uh, we have uh, Cleveland able to come out on top against the Raptors, 104 to 96. So uh, pretty disappointing for Raptors fans. Um, I think Pascal Siakam was able to uh, lead for the Raptors with 24 points, and uh, Lowry Markinen was able to lead the Cavs with 22. Evan Mobley was able to lead the Cavs with 17, while Scotty Barnes was able to uh, lead rebounds for the Raptors with 12. And for assists, uh, Darius Garland was able to lead with the Cavs with 10, while Scotty Barnes was also able to get six assists for the Raptors. And I guess, um, I guess starting with the Raptors, uh, what are your thoughts on their performance so far? Yeah, uh, ever since the eight-game win streak by the Raptors, it's been pretty much all downhill except like maybe one or two wins so it's kind of getting concerning at this point but yeah hopefully they're able to turn it around they're also dealing with a lot of injuries uh Fred VanVleet definitely a top two guy on the team and then OG Ananobi easily a top five player on the team and even Malachi Flynn was out for this game who was doing a great job filling in for Fred VanVleet in the starting lineup. So, yeah, it's just unfortunate the injuries the Raptors are going through right now, and hopefully they can get healthy soon, as, like I said, they're really slumping right now. And, yeah, they definitely need to start winning some games if they want to make the playoffs, as there's a chance... It could even slip out of the play-ins, but I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. I mean, currently, the Raptors are at about um, 500. They're a bit over 500, so I guess trying to uh, keep their current spots probably going to be, I guess, the, the biggest priority for them. Um, hopefully, um, Fred Fentley and OG Ananobi uh, come back. Um. I guess the Raptors did um, make a move to acquire Thaddeus Young. So I guess what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, he he was a pretty solid uh, get, I think, for the Raptors. Like, uh, Goran Dragic, uh, we already made up our minds that he wasn't going to play for us. So I guess getting something back from him was good. And I like Thaddeus Young's game. He's like a a solid player uh good rebounder i've noticed gets a lot of second chances for the raptors it's not like the greatest scorer but he can make some threes especially when he's open and he's got decent playmaking too so yeah i definitely like his game and i think he fits in well with the team 
Yeah, I guess my biggest concern for the Raptors was um, those second chances. Um, I guess they need to limit second chances for the other teams because there's times where, um, I guess, when the other team shoots, um, the Raptors just aren't able to get the rebounds. And then even though the Raptors played um, really good defense, because they didn't get the rebounds, they didn't get the stops. So the other team was able to get a second chance score. And I feel like that's been killing them a bit. So hopefully um, Thaddeus Young is able to limit those kind of things. And I guess, um, what are your thoughts on Precious Ochiwa so far? Yeah, uh, he was really on a tear like a couple of games ago. I think he had like two or three straight 20 point games. And Honestly, I'm a big fan of his game. Like, this is the first time he's getting a lot of minutes in the NBA, and I think he's really—he's definitely had some great moments this year. There are moments where it feels like he's kind of doing too much when he's just like isoing, but I think it's okay. Like, like I said, it's—he's a really young player, and uh. Those things will just come with time, I think. And yeah, the the fact that his three-point shooting is really improving just shows you like the potential of how good of a player he can become as like I said, I really like his game. I think going forward, uh the Raptors should definitely uh keep him around as he's got great potential. I remember um Precious Achua was able to uh, to help the Heat make a crazy run. And he played amazing for the Heat. So if Precious Achua can get anywhere close to that, then I think he'd really be able to um, help out the Raptors. And I guess uh, moving on to um, Cleveland. Um, Cleveland's in a really good uh, position right now. I mean, right now they're number six, but they have, uh, I guess, a ton of depth on their team. So I guess what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, they were, I think, on like a four-game losing streak, something like that, before this game. So they finally snapped that, and they were kind of going through injury as well. Garland's been back for a couple games, and I believe they were missing someone else, but I can't remember right now. So, yeah, they're finally starting to get healthy again. And, yeah, they're they're a solid team, like, They've definitely outperformed their expectations this season. And honestly, I'm not expecting too too much from them in the playoffs. But yeah, I could be wrong because like I wasn't expecting them to be this good. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they uh, proved me wrong. But I definitely think whoever they end up playing, they'll they'll give them a run for their money. But at this moment, I don't really see them getting out of the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Honestly, I think that this is pretty much just icing on the cake for the Cavs this season. They made um, huge improvements. They had a really good um, draft position, so they were get, able to get Evan Mobley. And he's basically a rookie of the, of the year. Yeah, a rookie of the year candidate, if not just outright rookie of the year. So he's most likely going to win the award if not someone like Scotty Barnes or something. And they were they were able to get um, Karis Levert in um, 
through the trade. And unfortunately, I think he's still injured, so he wasn't playing this game. But um, hopefully in the postseason, he'll be able to play for the Cavs. So that brings um, a lot of uh, depth for them in both um, guards. And I guess they had uh, Jarrett Allen as well, but I think he's... I think he recently just got injured with a broken left finger. So there is a chance that he's going to miss the playoffs. So I guess the Cavs aren't going to be fully healthy for the playoffs, unfortunately. But like you said, I think the Cavs have uh, more than enough talent to give any team that they play a run for their money. And I guess uh, moving on to the next uh, game, we have the Denver Nuggets. Um, defending their home against the Pelicans, 138 to 130. So a uh, clutch overtime win for the Nuggets. Um, Nikola Jokic was able to lead the Nuggets with 46 points. And uh, Brandon Ingram was able to lead um, the Pelicans with 38. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas was able to lead the Pelicans with 14 rebounds, while uh, Nikola Jokic was able to lead the Nuggets with 12. And uh, Nikola Jokic was able to get 11 assists for the Nuggets. So he basically got a 46-point triple-double. Really impressive. And Brandon Ingram was able to get nine assists for the Pelicans. So starting with the Nuggets, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I think it was last week where there was a news update saying Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray could be back for the playoffs. And... That's great news for them as I've been calling the Nuggets the one-man show because of Jokic at this point. But yeah, like uh, they definitely need those two to come back if they want a realistic shot at winning the championship. And yeah, the, the sooner they come back, the better as uh, those two haven't played an NBA game in a while. So yeah, they need to shake off the rust. But at this point, like, yeah, the Nuggets are definitely outplaying expectations, I think. Since it's just Jokic and, like, a bunch of role players around him, they're they're playing much better than at least I expected. So, yeah, great job for them uh, for how the season's going right now. Yeah, I really um, like how Jokic is playing. He's really um, raised the floor and possibly the ceiling for this Nuggets team. And I feel like without him, the Nuggets would probably be um, close to a basement team in the Western Conference. So I guess, what are your thoughts on Jokic as an MVP candidate? Yeah, I think he's definitely an MVP candidate. The one thing that's like scaring me is their record. They're only six in the Western Conference, but yeah, I think he should be a top three candidate easily. Um, I just think because of his record and he won last year, like uh, those shouldn't be things that's held against him, but I feel like the NBA looks at those. So, yeah, I I think he's got a chance, but he's not the front runner in my opinion. Yeah, I guess like um, being able to uh, win a lot of games, that's 
unfortunately something um, that they look at, not just um, the talent on your team compared to the talent of the player. I feel like if they just looked at those two, um, Jokic would have a really good arg argument, especially with how good he is. But there are a lot of um, other players with a ton of talent, so it's going to be tough, I think. And I think Embiid might be in the MVP conversation. Giannis might be in the MVP conversation. So it's going to be a really tough um, ballot this year, but we'll see how it uh, plays out. And I guess moving on to the Pelicans, uh, what are your thoughts so far? Um, they've gotten better, I think, with the McCollum acquisition. And yeah, they're uh, like they haven't been the best record wise since the trade, but uh, talent wise, they've definitely gotten much better. And I think if uh, they do make the play in, they're like a team that you don't want to see as they're just going to get better moving forward. They've got a young team and they just acquired uh, pretty much like a top, I don't know, like 30 player in the league. So yeah, <clears throat> right now they're not playing that great, but I think they can really catch fire going into the playoffs and they'll be a dangerous team to play against. Yeah, honestly, um, next season is going to be the season that I think teams should really be scared of the Pelicans. I mean, they already have three really good players in uh, CJ, McCollum, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, and Brandon Ingram. But uh, with, I guess, Zion coming back, it's gonna, they're going to have a really good starting five. So I guess what are your thoughts on their um, depth? Yeah, they've definitely got great depth. Uh, Devontae Graham is currently their sixth man. And yeah, he was really good in Charlotte, but he kind of struggled this season. But yeah, I still uh, he's still got great talent. So even though he's struggling, like he's a player I trust. Willie Hernan Gomez is another great player off their bench. And even Tony Snell, that's my boy. Like, uh, he's not like the greatest uh, player, especially stats wise, but like, he's a great role player. He knows what he's doing out there and he won't try to do too much. So, yeah, I think they definitely have, uh, they have decent depth. With Zion, they have even more. So, yeah, uh, this Pelicans team is looking good. For sure. And uh, moving on to the next game we have, I think this is the final Sunday game. Um, the New York Knicks were able to um, beat the Clippers at the Clippers' home, 116 to 93. So uh, really impressive job by the New York Knicks. I think R.J. Barrett was able to uh, lead the Knicks with 24 points. And Amir Kofi was able to lead the Clippers with 16 in rebounds, um, Jericho Sims was able to lead the Knicks with 11, while Evita Zubak was able to uh, lead the Clippers with 9. And Emmanuel quickly was able to uh, lead the assists for the Knicks with 6, while Terrence Mann was able to lead with 4 for the Clippers. Uh, starting with the Knicks, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's a really surprising win for them, as they've been struggling, especially lately. So... 
I guess in that sense, it's a good win for them. <clears throat> and yeah, my thoughts on them is they've been pretty disappointing this season. Uh, they were what, like the fifth seed, I want to say, last season? They're now uh, sitting in the 12th seed for the Eastern Conference. So yeah, they've definitely regressed. Uh, they did lose Derrick Rose a while ago, which sucked. And I feel like they're missing someone else, but I can't remember off the top of my head. So, yeah, it's been a tough season for them. But I like the acquisition of Cam Reddish a while ago. And this game, he got 25 minutes. That's not always the case. He had a pretty solid game. Like, I think they need to be playing him more going forward as they don't have much to play for. And he's a player that's got great potential my opinion so yeah they should just be playing younger players at this point i think yeah i guess um depending on whether or not they choose to have a plan plan that's probably gonna i guess alter the way that they decide to um do their matchups but i guess even with that i believe um their coach if it's uh Thibodeau, if i remember correctly he likes He's very um, starter-heavy, so I guess uh, what are your thoughts on the Knicks going forward? Yeah, uh, I like their talent. I think next season they could do something, uh, but I think going forward for this season, <clears throat> it might be a bit too late as, uh, like you said, they – uh, Tom Thibodeau does play his starters a lot and I don't know I don't feel like that's like a really sustainable strategy in my opinion so yeah maybe going forward they could even look at a new coach I feel like so we'll see what happens with them <clears throat> yeah for sure and uh, moving on to the Clippers um, right now they're about eighth in the west they're a little bit above 500 by two games. So um, it's looking, I guess, a little um, scary for them. They don't really have um, the most, the healthiest roster, I believe. Um, Paul, George, and Kawhi are both still injured. Um, what are your thoughts on their uh, potential playoff performance? Yeah. Uh... Going into the playoffs, I'm assuming they'd have Paul George. So I think they can be another, like, scary team in the playoffs to play as right now they're playing pretty good without a definitive number one option, I'd say. They're like a a team with a bunch of pretty good role players, but they all know what they're doing, so... Yeah, I actually really like the Clippers. I think the fact that they're, like, playing this well without Paul George, I know they lost this game, but I believe they were on a win streak before this. So, yeah, the fact that they're still in the playoff spot and they're over 500, I'm I'm pretty impressed with that. I think this also speaks to how good the coaching in the Clippers is as well because normally without – um, top players, I think, for example, without someone like Kawhi or Paul George, 
I think even Norman Powell um, went down pretty recently. So on paper, they wouldn't have um, high-end scoring, but I guess the coaching staff and the players, they just figured out um, how to get it done. So I guess even if they don't necessarily get too far in the playoffs um, this season, I think um, they're probably going to have a good next season. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, they're definitely going to be scary next season with Kawhi and Paul George. And yeah, I'm pretty comfortable in saying they'll be a title contender as, as long as they're healthy next season. All right. And uh, taking a look at Monday's games, um, they're all either still happening or they're going to start soon. Currently, Detroit is uh, up against the Hawks, 78 to 76. So really impressive by the Pistons. Um, the 76ers are blowing out the Chicago Bulls, 80 to 66. So um, that's uh, really impressive by the 76ers. Um, Miami is leading the Rockets, 62 to 58 at halftime. Uh, Timberwolves are uh, leading Port Portland, 40 to 21. So basically a 20 point blowout at the moment. Uh, Dallas is slightly ahead of the Jazz, 11 to nine, still in the first quarter. So there's still plenty of time uh, to get things done for both teams. Um, the Spurs are currently leading the Lakers 12 to nine in the first quarter. Uh, Nuggets Warriors game is starting uh, later and the Kings Knicks game is going to start later as well. So we won't be covering those games, but uh, we'll move on to the pickups. And I guess we'll start with um, guards. So um, who do you have for guards? For guard, I went with Emmanuel Quickly of the New York Knicks. Point guard and shooting guard eligible. And he's sitting at 29% rostered. Last week, I had Alec Burks, for, uh, also from the Knicks. And yeah, this week, I went with Quickly as due to Kemba Walker being shut down for the year, he's another player who's received more minutes as Last four games, he's been, he's gotten 20 minutes or more in each game. And yeah, if you need points, three-pointers, this is definitely your guy. Uh, it's a great scorer. Uh, pretty good. He's a pretty good rebounder too, especially for the guard position. And the steals, he's been consistent with them. His assists are all right, too. It's not, like, the greatest for a point guard, but, yeah, he's definitely worth a look as his minutes are going up and uh, he's got great potential. Yeah, for sure. And I guess for guards, um, I guess people can maybe take – I think people can maybe take a look at Malik Beasley. Um, he's a guard for the Timberwolves. So far, he's averaging 12.2 um, points. And scoring is basically his um, biggest draw. So as long as his um, shooting percentages are good, he's going to get you a lot of threes and he's going to get you a lot of points as well. He occasionally gets rebounds and assists, but um, scoring is the biggest draw for him. So I guess uh, moving to forwards, uh, who do you have for that? Well, forward, I went with Alexei Pokusevsky from the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
small forward and power forward eligible, and he's sitting at 28% roster. In the last couple episodes now, I've just been naming a lot of Oklahoma City guys. It's like I said, uh, they really changed their lineups quite a bit. And they went through some injury lately to Giddy and Isaiah Roby, I think. So, yeah, it's opened the door for Pokusevsky. It's gotten 20-plus minutes over his last four games. And it's not, like, particularly great at something but yeah he's he's a really good well-rounded player gets decent points pretty good rebounds uh pretty good assists especially for the forward position and he's been putting up great defensive numbers too so yeah if you need like if you need a forward uh definitely look at Pokusevsky as uh, he's a really versatile player who can help you out in a lot of categories. Yeah, for sure. And I guess um, for me, I think people could uh, maybe take a look at um, Lonnie Walker for the Spurs. It's about 30% rostered, so he is um, a shallow league pick, but he should be available for most leagues. He's also averaging 12 points. Um, he's also more of a scorer as well, but He's been scoring a lot. I think for the last um, week, I think as um, one of his games against the Kings, he got 30 points. He's gotten multiple 20-point games. He got two 17-point games against OKC and the Pelicans. He gets a couple of rebounds, gets a couple of assists. Um, he got, a, I guess, one steal a few times, but scoring is definitely his biggest draw as well. So if you need um, a scorer, then you could take a look at Lonnie Walker. And uh, moving on to centers, um, who do you have? The center, I went with Drew Eubanks of the Portland Trailblazers. He's power forward and center eligible. And he's sitting at 12% rostered right now. So, yeah, there aren't that many great centers under 50%. And I like the fact that uh, the Blazers they're pretty much without a center now, except Eubanks. Like, Nurkic was their other true center, and yeah, he's done for the year. So, Eubanks has been starting for them, and, like, he's not too great at a particular category outside of rebounds, which he's been putting up some great rebound numbers lately, but... His scoring's not bad as well. He's scored 13 points in each of his last three games. So, yeah, if you need a center, uh, Eubanks doesn't look like that intriguing, but he's guaranteed playing time. So, yeah, he'll he'll help you out, I think, for sure. Yeah, and I guess for me, I was thinking if you're in a deep league, you might be able to take a look at Jamichael Green. He's only 6% rostered. Um, in terms of his seasons, um, season averages, they aren't necessarily the best. I think he's averaging 6.8 points, four rebounds. Um, but he's had a, a really good uh, stretch so far, I think, against the Pelicans. He got uh, 10 points with eight rebounds. Against the Rockets, he got 14 points with nine rebounds. Got some assists, got some steals, got some blocks. He had a really good game against Portland with 20 and 10. 
Um, so he does have some upside if you're in a deep league. So he's definitely someone that I think um, you should probably take a look at or even just put him on your watch list and see um, how he does. So uh, that ends the pickup portion of the uh, podcast. So we're going to move on to uh, previews now. And we'll start with the Nets versus the Hornets. And uh, their spreads haven't come out yet, but um, who do you think would take this game? I'd go with the Nets. They are struggling, but uh, Kevin Durant will be less rusty as it's his second game back. They're on the road, so Kyrie should be playing. And, yeah, uh, they're the, definitely the better team, in my opinion, and they should be winning this game. For sure. And I guess um, I think the, the Nets, they have been on a losing streak. Um, the Hornets, they did win against the Cavs and the Kings. I think it's going to depend on the rebounding if Andre Drummond could out-rebound um, the uh, rest of the Hornets and Mason Plumlee, then I think that the Nets have more than more than a chance of winning. But I guess I'll just uh, be different, go uh, with the Hornets. It looks like they have a pretty decent matchup on paper. So, yeah, I'll go with the Hornets. And moving on to um, Cavs versus the Pacers, um, who do you think would take this game? I'd go with the Cavaliers as, yeah, the Pacers, they've been okay lately, but the Cavaliers are a playoff team. So even though they're on the road, I still think they should be winning this game. Yeah, I mean, it could be, I think it could be close. Um, They have uh, really good guards on the Pacers now, but uh, with Darius Garland back, I think the Cavs should be able to, um, to match them in both uh, guards, forwards, and centers. So I guess I'll go with the Cavs as well. And uh, moving on to the next one, we're going uh, with the Suns versus the Magic. Um, who do you think takes this game? Should be the Suns, unless they've got some injuries going on or something like that. But yeah, they should definitely win this game. The Magic are one of the worst teams in the NBA record-wise. So, yeah, they should win this comfortably, too. Yeah, I guess the Magic, they were able to get a couple of upsets. Um, they upset the Raptors. They did get a win off the Pacers. They beat the Hornets, but um, Pacers and Hornets aren't really um, playoff-level teams. The Suns, I guess it's going to depend on whether or not Devin Booker or Chris Paul are healthy enough to play, but even then they were only down by 10 against the Bucks. So I guess I'll go with the Suns as well. And uh, moving on to the Pelicans versus the Grizzlies. Um, who do you think takes this game? This one is more of a, a toss up, I'd say. Uh, I'll just go with the Pelicans for this one. I think, Valanchunas, uh, I think he can dominate Stephen Adams down low. And yeah, he he got traded off to Grizzlies last year, so 
I feel like he he's definitely going to want to win this game, and I think they've got a shot at doing that. All right. And uh, I guess for me, I'll just go with – I'll just be different and go with the Grizzlies. Um, both teams, they've um, had really good records for the past few games. Um, I guess maybe if the rest of the players really step up for the Grizzlies like they did, um, on Sunday, then I think they'd have a chance to take it. So I'll just be different and go with the Grizzlies. And uh, moving on to the Bucks versus OKC, um, who do you think takes this game? This should be another easy one for the Bucks, as the Thunder are without Josh Giddy, Isaiah Roby, and I feel like a couple other guys. So yeah, the Bucks, they're one of the best teams in the league. They're on a winning streak. Uh, this should be no different, in my opinion. All right. I'll go with the Bucks as well. I mean, the Bucks are one of the best teams in the East, if not the entire league. So I feel like any team outside of like a playoff team would be able to uh, upset them. So I guess I will go with the Bucks as well. And uh, moving on to the last preview game. We have the Clippers versus the Warriors. Um, who do you think takes this game? I'm going to go with another upset here and go with the Clippers. The Warriors have been really struggling lately. And, yeah, like I said, uh, for the Clippers recap, uh, I'm really impressed with how they're staying afloat without Paul George. And yeah, like, I think they play great as a team. So they don't have a superstar right now, but they've got great teamwork and chemistry. So I think they can win this game. Sounds good. I guess um, for me, it's going to depend on who is playing for the Warriors. Um, for example, I think they do have a few uh, injuries. I think Draymond Green, he's been missing some games. I think Steph Curry, he missed the Sunday game. So it's pretty much going to depend on who's on the lineup. But I'll go with the Clippers as well. Um, they've been having a better record over the past few games. And um, if Curry isn't playing for the Warriors, it kind of limits the chances for the Warriors to win. So I guess I'll go for the upset pick too and go with the Clippers. And uh, that brings us to the end of the podcast. So do you have any final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Eastern Conference turns out in these coming weeks as we're getting close to playoff time. And, like, the second seed to the sixth seed, it's really bunched up. They're only a few games behind. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested to see how it'll turn out. And for the Western Conference, like, I don't know. I'm kind of sh shocked that the Warriors are playing this poorly. They definitely look like one of the best teams in the league going into the year or starting off and then yeah, lately they've kind of been disappointing. But, yeah, outside of that, 
I'm really interested to see how the who wins the MVP as I I don't really think there's like a clear front runner at this point. I could see it go a lot of ways. So yeah, there's a lot of things uh, that I'm interested to see uh, how it goes down as the season ends. I guess talking about the MVPs a little bit, um, I guess, uh, who do you think would have contention? Definitely Jokic. Embiid should be up there too. Uh, The Sixers are second seed right now. Giannis as well. Like, uh, he's got his team back in the third seed. Like, DeRozan, he was on a tear a week ago. And the Bulls haven't been this good in a long time. So, he should be in there. And lately, even John Morant, like, uh, like I was saying, nobody was expecting the Grizzlies to be this good at this point. So he definitely deserves to be mentioned as well with the with the way he and the Grizzlies are playing. For sure. And I guess, um, would you put any players on the Suns into like a consideration for um, MVP? Yeah, uh, I realize I didn't put any of them in. They should definitely have like Devin Booker in the MVP talks as well, but I don't know. I feel like the fact that uh, before Chris Paul got there, they couldn't make the playoffs uh, kind of hurts his, uh, what do you say, chances in a way, but at the same time, that was years ago, so... Yeah, he's definitely, like, the best player on that team, but you can notice a difference when Chris Paul isn't there. So it's kind of hard to, like, uh, pick him, in my opinion, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But I guess moving on to, I guess, Chris Paul, considering he's um, a really good um, ceiling raiser for teams, and he's been able to make multiple teams, uh, playoff teams. If he didn't get injured, um, there's a chance that some of the other teams he was on could have made really deep runs. So um, what do you think are his chances for, um, I guess, getting an MVP consideration? Yeah, honestly, I, I think I'd have him as my MVP over Booker. Because like I said, like you can really notice a big difference when he's not playing for them. Yeah, uh, he might not have the greatest stats, but I feel like stats are kind of overrated sometimes. So, yeah, I I definitely – I wouldn't be opposed to him getting MVP considerations. Yeah. I feel like uh, Chris Paul is similar to Kyle, Kyle Lowry when he was playing for the Raptors in the sense that he doesn't necessarily get flashy stats. He doesn't – Um, have the flashiest play all the time, but um, he has a really high basketball IQ. Um, I think in terms of advanced stats, he's a really good advanced stats type of player, so you're not necessarily going to see what he does on a traditional box score, but I guess people who like to watch a lot of game film, people who like looking at the advanced stats, they probably know the value that Chris Paul brings, so it's going to be kind of interesting to see if he gets um, any mentions, um, I guess, for MVP. 
And I guess um, for me, I was, I'm kind of interested in kind of the East for the playoffs, um, mainly because I think Harden and Giannis are potential rivals. So I guess what are your uh, thoughts about a potential matchup between the 76ers and the Bucks? Yeah, you're right. That's definitely a interesting story if that happens. And yeah, that would be a really good series. Um, I don't know who would win that, but at this point, I might have to go with the 76ers. Uh, I just feel like, yeah, I feel like with Harden, they're just a great team. And yeah, Harden's running out of chances to win a championship, I feel like. Uh, like, he's been on, on a lot of good teams, so he needs to make this work, I think, with the Sixers. Yeah, I feel like for Harden, um, a lot of people have been saying he's not necessarily the best team player or that he's um, lazy. I know there's been a couple of um, photos of him saying, like him intentionally trying to get traded from the Rockets. So I feel like this um, postseason is pretty much going to be the chance to try to redeem himself, prove that um, he is a team player. He can um, help teams get all the way to the finals and possibly uh, win a championship if you have him on his team. And I feel like um, he complements Embiid better than Ben Simmons does in terms of um, not just being a playmaker, but uh, James Harden also likes to play outside. So that gives Embiid um, more of a chance to kind of play inside, spreads the floor a little bit. So I think in terms of chemistry, I think um, Harden was a good um, ad for the 76ers. So I guess it's going to come down to um, pretty much matchups. How does each roster kind of match up against each other? I think Embiid should be able to uh, guard Giannis reasonably, reasonably well. So I guess I feel like it could go down to like maybe um, six games. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I feel like that series would go seven. And yeah, uh, and I still have the 76ers winning, in my opinion, at this point. Fair enough. And uh, that about concludes uh, this week for Big Time Basketball. If you liked what you watched, you can subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, leave us a like, uh, give us a review, give us your thoughts on the NBA season so far. If you liked what you listened to, you can follow us on Spotify, and you can also follow us on Apple Music and Google Podcasts. If you need some sports picks, you can follow us at FanFanPodcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you guys next week.